Walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the Pecan Podcast. Hello, dear friends. It's Pastor Courtney. So good to be with you. Thank you for tuning in from your home or your car or your morning walk. It is a delight to be with you across the miles and across the the city and the county and the state and uh, in the world. I know some of you have told me you're tuning in from far afield. So thank you so much for being with us this morning, for being with me. It is good to be with you wherever you are. Southern California has been going through another heat wave, and I am very grateful to be on the other side of it. It looks like things are starting to cool down. You can take the Wisconsin out of the girl, but you can't... No, that's not right. You can take the girl out of Wisconsin, but you can't take the Wisconsin out of the girl. So when it is that hot, I will look at the forecast and find myself getting pre-grumpy. I'm already grumpy because I can see how hot it's about to get. So I'm doing the right things. I'm sitting in the shade and eating the popsicles and using the air conditioning when I need it. But mostly I am just longing for the cooler temperatures. November in California is so delightful and we are, we are on our way there. So I really can't wait. I hope you and yours fared okay in those hot, hot temperatures. We are going to be diving into a new and potentially very prickly topic over the next few weeks of the podcast. We are going to talk politics. I know, right? Don't turn me off. (laughs) We are going to talk politics. I am not going to tell you who to vote for. I am not going to press you towards the right or the left, towards the red or the blue. Instead, I want us to talk about what it means to be a Christian in a world that is often very divided. What does it mean to love Jesus and honor the emperor, as it says in 1 Peter, and work for the peace of the city, as it says in Jeremiah, and love our neighbor and care for the widow and the orphan, as it also says in Jeremiah, how do we walk with Jesus faithfully in a prickly political world, in a prickly political climate, we are heading up to the election. And I am seeing these skirmishes on Facebook between friends of mine, family members, folks in our congregation who are are feeling very passionate about their positions. And so the topic we're tackling is not, this is how you should vote and why, but Let's think about politics in a deeply faithful way. What does it mean to be part of a culture, a country, a church where these disagreements can run deep? How do we listen to each other well? How do we speak to each other with grace and love? And how do we follow Jesus when some of the political issues that are before us seem very clear in scripture and others are, are less clear. How do we know what the best educational system is for our children? We cannot find that in Isaiah or Revelation or Luke. So how do we draw out biblical principles that help us inform 
how we will vote, and how we will work for the good of the community and the good of the world. It's a lot, and I am not a political expert. And so I have some folks I'm working to line up to do interviews for the podcast. Um, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in the weeks to come. Um, but for now, today, I wanted to start by just framing the conversation a little bit. What do you think of when you think of the word politics? How do we even define the word politics? Well, politics um, encompasses almost every aspect of our society. Uh, According to the Family Research Council, politics are how groups of people organize their affairs. Other organizations define politics as how we run our collective society. So that breaks down into how we handle money, how we handle conflict, who has authority, where power is located, how do we care for the least among us, how do we educate our children. All of these questions are encompassed by the overarching umbrella of politics. So politics is not just, are you a Republican or a Democrat or an independent? How are you going to vote? Politics is how and to whom we pay our taxes. Politics is how do we love our neighbors? What structures do we need in place to make sure people don't fall through the cracks if they're struggling with financial hardship, if they're struggling with mental illness, if they've lost their job in a pandemic? Politics affects all of these different areas, how we run our businesses, how those businesses pay taxes, provide for their employees, all of these things. Politics is tremendously important. And no matter how we vote, politics on the left and the right affects our daily lives. So one of the voices I really trust when it comes to politics is Pastor Tim Keller. He is a Presbyterian pastor from Redeemer Presbyterian in New York City. He has since retired. um, And he's actually, he's battling pancreatic cancer right now. So um, pray, pray for him. He is he has been very faithful for very many years, and I know he's he's physically going through a lot from what I've read. Um, but Tim Keller has a piece in the New York Times op-ed page a couple of years ago in September 2018, and the title is, How Do Christians Fit into the Two-Party System? They Don't. And I want to read you an excerpt. I will link to this article in the show notes. It's free to read online. Tim Keller writes, So Christians are pushed toward two main options— One is to withdraw and try to be apolitical. The second is to assimilate and fully adopt one party's whole package in order to have your place at the table. Neither of these options is valid. It's a strong statement. Neither of these options is valid. Not to assimilate and not to accept one party's whole package. Keller continues, in the Good Samaritan parable told in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus points us to a man risking his life to give material help to someone of a different race and religion. Jesus forbids us to withhold help from our neighbors, and this will inevitably require that we participate in political processes. If we experience exclusion and even persecution for doing so, we are assured that God is with us. Matthew 5, verses 10 and 11 and that some will still see our good deeds and glorify God. 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12. If we are only offensive or only attractive to the world and not both, 
we can be sure we are failing to live as we ought. It's a great article. I will link to it in the show notes. Um, And also I will, uh, in the weeks ahead, mention a sermon by Tim Keller where he talks about how early Christians failed to fit within any political system and it sometimes cost them a great deal. It cost some of them even their lives. So how do Christians fit into the two-party system? They don't. They don't, according to Pastor Tim Keller. Do you agree with him? How does that strike you? How does that strike you? The other thing I wanted us to be able to think through together this morning is actually something from Pastor Daryl. He is leading the all-church Zoom and small group Bible study right now on the book of 1 Peter. And 1 Peter has some statements that on the surface can seem really controversial and troubling and confusing to our modern ears. Wives submit to your husbands. What do we do with that? Is that, do we take that as face value? Do we throw that out? Pastor Daryl talks about that in some of his videos. Jen Wilkin, the author of the study, talks about it in her videos. I encourage you, check those out on our church website, mypecom.com. But in this audio excerpt, Daryl is unpacking First Peter's text that asks us to honor the emperor. What does that mean? First of all, we don't have an emperor. So who is, who are we supposed to be honoring and how in the political climate in which we find ourselves today? Does that mean whoever is in charge, we accept their rule unthinkingly, or does that mean we fight them on every count? What does it mean to honor the emperor? So I am going to play this audio excerpt from Daryl's Bible study. There is a truck backing up at the beginning, (laughs) so please bear with us. We are recording things in our home office and in our living room, so sometimes there's a little kid noise or a parakeet or a truck backing up in the background. Um, We, like you, are working without a net these days. So here is Pastor Daryl illuminating this book of 1 Peter and what it means to honor the emperor. Hey everyone, in this video I want to talk about Peter's encouragement that Christians should honor the emperor, is what he says. Um, And before I get into that, I wanted to say that this Sunday I'll be hosting um, a leading a Zoom discussion on Christians and politics. And I'd encourage you to join us if you can this Sunday at 7 p.m. If you have any questions from this passage or uh, what I'm saying now that you want me to speak to, feel free uh, to post it to our discussion board so that I can prepare uh, that for for Sunday. Uh, what I'm going to give you in this video is just a little a little preview of some of the thoughts that I'll be sharing on Sunday. Uh, so we'd love to see you there. Um, so what is Peter saying and how can it uh, perhaps inform us as Christians living in a very divided country politically? Uh, the first thing I'd say is Peter is, is acknowledging uh, that we need a government. Um, that the government, that government as an idea, as a function, as a, as a practical way of organizing society is from God. Uh, it has a purpose. And in fact, human culture cannot function, we cannot flourish without a government. And he says here, echoing a teaching that Paul makes in Romans 13 and Jesus makes by saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar. He says, look, government has a purpose. And its chief purpose that is being assigned, that's being talked about here is... Uh, to promote the common good. He says to praise those who do good um, and uh, to discourage those who do evil, he says, to punish those who do evil. That's just 
um, a part of promoting the common good is to provide incentives to do good and to provide punishments, penalties uh, for doing evil. That is one of, not the chief function of government is to promote the common good. And when it doesn't, uh, we, can, we should have a discussion about how to have a better government. And what is the common good? Those are all good conversations to have. And in fact, conversations um, and questions that good people who have good hearts can disagree on and should be able to have a calm, even-handed, even-keeled conversation as to what is the common good and how do we make the government more effective in serving the common good. But we need a government. And the place of the emperor, which was his government, the place of having a government um, is from God and deserves a kind of honor and reverence of saying that role is not absolute in our life. Our, our relationship to the government is not absolute. We know that. Our allegiance is to God overall. And, and if those things come into conflict, we serve God first for sure. But our relationship to the government and those in the authorities over us are one in which they have a role. And the government has a role. And Christians have a responsibility to, to pursue, to assist, to support a government that is the best government it can be. Um, to, to pursue the common good and to serve the common good and to be people who are about the common good in their own country and to try our best to serve and support a government um, that is going to pursue the widest and most effective common good for all. So honor the emperor. The government has a place and we should have discussions about what that place is and how we can best support it. But we as citizens have a place to support that the role of the government is God-ordained and that every human society needs to have a properly functioning government for everybody to benefit. Um, and so honor the emperor. Honor that the government has a place um, and, and relate to them as something that has been put there by God for everybody, for all of our good. Secondly, um, I think Peter is echoing a teaching that we can see in Jesus that to live under the authority of the government is also to reflect the fact that the government will never fully be that which brings about the kingdom of God. It just can't be. That's not the way governments are set up. Jesus makes this really clear when he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God what is God's. And I think uh, in our time, one of the things that means that I think Peter makes this clear is whatever happens politically, no matter where we are at the political spectrum, on this political spectrum, and no matter how we feel about any political event, does not ultimately have final value in the kingdom of God. That we serve a different king who is bringing his kingdom to be and to bear and to break through no matter what happens. And that is good news. That is really good news that no matter what the events of the day are, no matter how much we may or may not disagree, ultimately it has no direct impact on Jesus bringing up about his kingdom because he's going to do it. He is doing it. And therefore we can, as Peter says, be alert, be sober-minded that we don't get too caught up in the political ups and downs and controversies of the day. 
because we've been freed from that anxiety. We've been freed from that anger because we know that there's a king who's going to make all things new and he's doing it right now through those who are led by his spirit. And therefore, we can be about our political lives with a kind of joy. Imagine that. A kind of light touch of not taking ourselves or our politics too seriously because we know that ultimately Jesus is our true king and there is a kingdom that is going to rule over all where the common good is not only worked towards but finally brought into being because he is a good and righteous and gentle and loving and infinitely wise king to whom we will all bend the knee and to whom we can all serve with a kind of joyful heart now. And we can have gentleness and compassion with one another because we are first and foremost the body of Christ. And we can pray for and we can participate in and we can have good, honest conversations about the political controversies of our day. But ultimately, we are given to be a part of a kingdom that will come into being no matter what. And thank God for that. So the first thing is we need a government that is put there by God for our good and the common good. And the second thing is no political thing, no political event or controversy has ultimate meaning for Christians because God is bringing about his kingdom regardless of what happens in any given moment in history. He is making all things new. And that is the best news ever because we need it, don't we? Amen. Thank you, Daryl, for that. I um, <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but it is a constant gift to be married to someone who brings such interesting conversations to the dinner table at night. Um, although we don't always agree, sometimes we butt heads, but I, I'm just really thankful for his, his teaching there. I um, it ministered to me and my prayer is that it ministered to you. Um, and again, if you want more information on first Peter or a deep dive into some of these, these texts that are so nurturing, um, and sometimes troubling, you can check those out on our church website under the Bible study tab. All those videos are free and available to view at any time. All right, politics, friends, we will be diving even deeper next week. So pray for me. And I would love, as always, for you to send me your questions, Courtney.ellis at mypcom.com, questions about politics, questions about how we live faithfully as Christians in this world where it seems like anxiety and distrust and fear and anger are really, really ramping up. Um, we, we want to be faithful and wise and kind and thoughtful and nuanced in a world of sound bites and vitriol. That's what God calls us to. It is not easy, friends, but it is so good. So it has been great to be with you today. I'm going to end with a couple of quick recommendations, as always. Um, first, if you are a fan of Marilyn Robinson, she wrote the book Gilead, which won many, many awards, especially in Christian publishing circles. She is deeply thoughtful and wise. 
one of you, actually, uh, Elaine Pappas Pocket. Thank you. Let me know that she has a new book coming out. Friends, I look forward to book releases like some people look forward to Marvel movie releases. <laughs> I am so excited for a new book. Her new book is called Jack. It is coming out in September. And if you're interested, you can pre-order now. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Um, Someone has already gifted me a copy. I'm so excited to read it. I'm going to be watching the mailbox (laughs) to see when that book comes in. Um, But highly recommend. She writes novels. They are peaceful and and thoughtful and deep and wise and profound. Um, They take a little work to get into, but they are so, so worth it. So highly recommend the book Jack by Marilyn Robinson. Also, if you are a reader of nonfiction, she has some wonderful essays um, that you can find online. She has books of essays. Daryl's favorite that she's written is called The Death of Adam, Essays on Modern Thought. It was written back in 1998, but it is still very prescient. Um, I have a little more trouble with her essays. They are very dense and very thick um, and much more academic than what I usually read for for fun, Uh, but no less wise. And if that is your bailiwick, as Pastor Jackson would say, if that is your bailiwick, then um, I know Daryl would highly recommend those essays to you. Um, And finally, one thing that has been working for our family lately, as we navigate this pandemic, we have begun incorporating more music into our lives. And one of the things we've been doing lately is ending our days with a dance party. So the children each pick a song, well, the boys pick a song, Felicity. Felicity is not even two years old yet, so she'll jam out to whatever we put on. But they each choose a song, and we are just goofy and silly, and we dance around the backyard or we dance around the living room. And no matter how difficult the day has been, how long it has been, how many people have spilled Cheerios and ground them into the carpet, how how distance learning has gone, how tired we are, that dance party never fails to lift my spirits. So if you want our top two songs right now, they are Eye of the Tiger, Wilson is really into Eye of the Tiger. Um, (laughs) Take that for what it's worth. And uh, Lincoln really likes the song, I Like to Move It, Move It by Will I Am. It's in the movie Madagascar, and it's got a good pumping beat to it. So we put those on, and the kids are out running around. Sometimes we have water balloons. Um, But whether you're alone or gathered with family, there is just something about moving your body to the music that brings this spark of God-given joy. Um, some nights I'm so exhausted, I can't move my body and I sit on the couch and watch the kids and dance with my arms or bob my head. And that also will bring that spark of joy. So encourage you to join us in the goofy, goofy dance party. Um, those are the recommendations for the week. And Daryl led us into that deep dive in first Peter. So that's our scripture for today Would love for you along with me this week to pray for our country. Pray for those whose communities have been racked by violence. Pray for those who are struggling in poverty. Pray for those who are working to educate their children at home. Pray for those who are working to reopen our schools. Pray for small businesses. Pray for big businesses. Pray for your friends and your neighbors. Pray for our country. And maybe our political practice, together we can covenant to add grace and season with kindness this coming week. When we are tempted to dive into a political debate that is framed with anger or vitriol, um, to take a step back and pray 
and add in our words. We are not called to, as Tim Keller says, be apolitical, but how can we speak wisely and kindly and well so that we earn ourselves an audience to speak and we find ways to listen well? That is my challenge to you. It is my challenge to myself as we lead up to this election. Thank you for taking the time to be with me this morning, friends. Send me your questions about politics or anything else, courtney.ellis at mypcom.com. And again, I'll link to the resources in the show notes. Until next time, friends, take care, be well, and God bless.